Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Casey Catch Up. In this episode, we chat to Jeffrey Spencer, uh, runner up of the Molokai to Oahu 2019 foil. Um, we unpack what happened in that race and how he lost it in that last couple of kilometers. We go through a lot of equipment, um, how he goes so fast downwind foiling. We also go into his wing foil acrobatics, backflips, front flips, and free wing airs. Um, and then get into a little bit of equipment sort of chat, mass length, fuse length, front wing, tail wing. Um, all in all, it's a really, it was really fun to catch up with Jeffrey, a real rising star in the foiling scene. I'm sure in years to come, he's going to be really pushing the sport to higher and higher levels. I want to thank everyone for continuing to watch. This is, I think, episode number eight. And if you haven't already, I'd love you to subscribe to my YouTube channel and follow the podcast on Spotify. If you are interested in Lunar Downwind Foil, you've come to the right place, head to my website, kcos.com and check out the Coach Casey Club. It's an online course or tutorial. Basically, it's a community to get you downwind foiling as quick as possible. We want to see more people out there downwind foiling, having fun and tapping into this awesome uh, new sport that is downwind foiling. So thanks for listening and enjoy the chat. We've got Jeffrey Spencer on board, um, Molokai to Oahu 2019. First to China Wall, but second overall. Um, Jeffrey, thanks for joining us today. And do you want to give us a quick intro into, I guess, how you got into foiling and I guess your, what, what, what you're known for, basically? Yeah, thanks, James. It's good to be here. Um, I started foiling four or five years ago um, when like Alex Aguirre and those guys were first making like the surf foils here on Maui. Um, I was just working with them on it and a few years ago we started winging and now I do a lot of a lot of wing surfing and downwind foiling and surf foiling and pretty much any kind of foiling. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Very modest. Jeffrey's like you were you were testing go fall stuff with Kai way back in the day like when Kai first did his um, so I think it's almost six years ago you, you've been you pretty much have grown yeah. up with foiling you know I'm very jealous uh, and Jeffrey lives in um, Maui, right on the Maliko run, basically. And he's, he's a freak. My first downwind run was with Jeffrey. I think, actually, we were just talking about prone foiling. Remember how we went from Kuau um, back to your place at Sugar, Sugar Cove? I, I pretty much got stuck out there. You and Finn just took off. Really? Out. Yeah. You um, know what? I do. I remember, like, wondering, like, who we should call or, like, how we should go look for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're lost <laughs> out there. <laughs> And I managed yeah, to get, like to get a ship in on a reef and I, and I finally got in, but it was, um, that was, I think that was my first downwind run with, with you and, well, ever, uh, and with you and Finn. And it was, it was an experience. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy doing a prone one on your first one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we were just chatting and I want to kick things off and talk about Molokai to Oahu 2019. You... People that in the downwind foil world, I think, will know that you basically you beat Kai to China Wall by like a lot. Like you beat him by minutes to China Wall, and then Kai famously basically pumped upwind, and there were basically no waves that year too. Pumped upwind and passed you paddling on your stomach all the way to the finish. I think he ended up beating you by like a couple minutes just because of that upwind leg was it was horrendous. I was on a stand up, and it was on an eighteen footer, and it was horrendous. You were on your I don't know, five foot, six foot, sup, foil ball, yeah. paddling. And oh, I remember passing you and you looked like 
<laughs> yeah. You just looked at you looked over. You're like, oh. just like cooked. You, you were done. So, tell us about run us through that race because I think everyone wants to know what happened and how you beat Kai by so much across the channel, and then he pulled it out of the bag coming in. Yeah, the race is super interesting, especially on a foil because you need like a certain minimum speed to get going, and even at the start, the it's just off of uh, Molokai, so the wind hasn't like had enough time to form into like solid bumps yet. Mm. So you definitely have to like grind pretty hard at the start to get up. I think Kai, uh, Clement, uh, and I got up, maybe a couple other people like right away at the start of the line. And it's basically just like, you really, you need to conserve a lot of energy uh, because you have 32 miles to go. So it's, that part's kind of scary, um, but you, yeah, basically just need to keep it going through that. And then pretty soon the bumps got good, which was awesome. It was a pretty good year. Um, and then, yeah, I think definitely like I had a lot of time practicing and uh, focusing on equipment design with, uh, with Tony Lagosh, who uh, designs the foils for Slingshot. Um, and we made some really fast wings that worked really well. And leading up to the race, I did like three runs a day for a few weeks, uh, two to three, not three every day. Uh, but it was, it was a lot and definitely a lot of uh, practice with technique and really getting comfortable on the foil and figuring out the best way to go from bump to bump. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think just gradually over the course of the whole race, I was just um, making a bigger gap to everyone else. I think I reached the wall six to 10 minutes uh, before Kai did. Um, and then coming around, there's kind of a little reef there where the China wall wave breaks. And I like to get anywhere into that headwind, you need a bump, even on a small day, like you, it's possible to get something uh, to go in. And I came around and there was like one small one lining up behind me. And I like tried to slow down to kind of get it because I was too far in front of it, just hit, uh, just like couldn't slow down in the right way and uh, came down by the reef. And once you're down, it's like getting back up into the wind would be kind of crazy. I almost thought about like pumping back up, going out <laughs> yeah. from the finish line and then turning around and trying to catch a wave. But I don't know, it's such a gamble. Like if, if the other person comes in and they do the same thing, but they just they, like, they come down and keep going, um, they could pass you, but yeah i i missed the wave just started grinding paddling kai came in he definitely got like uh something i didn't see exactly what he got but as he came by me he was definitely like on a on a lump of water you know like going in through that there's kind of that reef a huge dead section and then the small reefs inside uh, where you can catch something again um so he made it through the dead section and yeah got me there but it's definitely like how it how it goes in races like that like i re definitely remember some stand-up paddle races i've had where i caught waves to pass people for the win which uh so yeah it's just it's how it is on uh on those ones yeah. i was pretty happy i was just yeah i was really happy with the uh, how well i was able to do up to that point yeah and i guess you could argue the downwind foil section you, you smoked him like really you are downwind foiling you beat him by like you said six to ten minutes but Molokai isn't just downwind, and that's what's sort of famous for us, that headwind section. And um, it sucks that the race was just a downwind fall race was decided in, like, literally prone paddling to the finish line. Um, but I know a lot of, you know, the fact that your foil was faster, maybe, you know, because of you had to go slower, that end section, I guess maybe Kai had thought of that. 
um, which some people have sort of said to me before. Maybe, maybe he knew that he had to be able to pump up wind and he used a slower foil. No, absolutely. It's it's a huge part of it. I was like, I was prepared, like on that foil, I can pump it up in flat water and everything. So I was definitely like mentally prepared to be able to get through that if I if I had the opportunity. Um, but yeah, I just didn't line it up uh, right at all. Yeah. There's nothing like, you know, 30 miles of downwinding to sort of, or 31 miles of downwinding to then paddle it up in the flat with a headwind. You know, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think like, uh, Clement, he he was on a bigger wing so at the end like he he might have actually pumped it up and gotten close he he came in third at the finish i think um so i think he was on it he went for something more like that yeah i actually looked at the results just before and i think kai ended up getting you by about six or seven minutes and then Clement, you only beat clement by about a minute and a half two minutes which... i was paddling in on my stomach and i'm like just I was still grinding like you have your head down the whole time but then I I literally turned around and I could see him and I'm like oh my gosh he's kind of coming up yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah I really just had to yeah go strong at that finish yeah and, and so for me I kind of I witnessed that because I was paddling in at the same time as you and, and I literally saw Kai I was coming approaching China Wall and Kai went past me around the corner and I'm like oh Kai's won it like no surprise bummed for everyone else because I'd love to see someone else win um and I you know went paddling in and I was like oh I'll, I'll probably catch Kai because he was you know on a foil he's gonna have to paddle in prone and I paddled in and I right. couldn't see him and I kept paddling and I saw you and I'm like oh maybe it wasn't Kai I saw maybe it was Jeffrey and obviously I've just paddled <laughs> stand up across from Olakai so maybe I'm a bit delirious and I'm like maybe that was Jeffrey who who you know pumped past me and I got to the finish line and Kai was there I'm like so when did Jeffrey come in? Because I never saw him. And then everyone <laughs> explains Jeffrey won to the wall and then came down. And it was like, oh man, bummer. Because you know I've I've done a lot of stuff with Jeff. Like we've I've stayed at you know your place and we've done plenty of depth first like depth foiling. You basically taught me to foil um, and downwind foil and all that sort of stuff. So it would have been cool. I would have been you know in your corner if you'd won it. And still stoked that you got second because it was a super. Man, that was a what what a year. That was um a shame there wasn't a bit more swell at the finish, but otherwise it was um wind wise, that was the very strong winds and epic downwind conditions. So um I'd love a finish with like, yeah, a massive south salt because it's kind of the same it's kind of the opposite problem where we'd have to ride these really big foils for the downwind part of the run. Mm. And then we get to the finish and those wings are just so massive to handle, like actual big swell that It'd be, you'd probably, everyone would probably get destroyed. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing on the stand-up pedal boards, right? Like riding those 17 foot ones, uh, your massive swells, it's just cr crazy. Um, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty funny. I think yeah, imagine, imagine if we got wind and, and waves. And so for the finish on the foil, like you'd, you'd be using, I'm sure you probably could have used a smaller foil because you said you'd um, anticipated getting in, in the headwind section and getting up early. It, it's, yeah. it's really interesting for downwind falling racing because especially for Molokai to Oahu, the, the, the start is, it's not flat, but it's it's howling offshore and, and, and the bumps are, it's pretty much flat at the start, where the start line You is. have the winds like, yeah, kind of at the side as well. So it's not perfectly behind you. Um, but yeah, the water is super flat because you start like, I don't know, 50 yards off the shore uh, yeah. only. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely like it, it plays a huge role in what wing you ride having to start like that, especially. And then the, the, yeah, the finish as well. 
Um, it's just, yeah. Yeah, worse than, worse than flat, I'd say, the finish. It's like, that year especially, <laughs> it was so strong in my face. Like, I was on a, on a paddleboard, and so it's like, it's better than a foil, obviously, but I felt like I wasn't moving. And, like, it was, the wind was super strong through the channel, which meant it was wrapping around that cocoa head and coming back up into your face. And it was, I could, yeah, well done on getting in, man. <laughs> that was... Well, yeah, even like, even when you get away the China wall, like grinding and keeping up the pace on one of those things like I did is, is insane for sure. Like it's, it's yeah. The, yeah. Hardest part for sure. Uh, if uh, you're able to make it. Yeah, it was, yeah, I, there's, I sh um, I'll try and find the footage and, and post it somewhere, but Kai, there is footage of Kai, like literally weaving between the, the reef at China wall and, and milking this bump. And, and it doesn't look that windy in the footage because it's drone footage. And drones never do windy conditions justice, but it looks like it's kind of smooth and there's a little bit of bump, but it was flat. And any bump felt like you were just getting blown off the back. Like I tried to paddle onto a wave on my 18 foot standard paddleboard and I literally got blown off the back. Like it was no chance I was staying on it. On a foil, like a headwind is the worst thing for any sort of foiling. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I tried to catch waves inside as well and it was, super challenging because yeah once that board's in there it's it's like a sail on its own yeah plus your body and yeah it's yeah I, i'm just stoked that um to, to to have witnessed that to see you guys paddling and and um i there was i i, I think i was coming in on a wave actually and, and you were in front of me and i had to go sort of around you and you were on the reef or you know near the reef and it was just i, I felt for you man because that was a, not not a um, I, I just can't believe that they make you finish where everyone else finishes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's tough for you guys too. Um, super impressive to finish like that. Uh, I think maybe next year or something, they might finish like at the canoe club or off the point. Um, it's definitely, they've been talking about it, but it, it'd yeah, be I don't cool know. So that, that be cool. At the canoe club, I think, because while it's a bit longer, I think it'd probably be shorter, <laughs> you know, in, in a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. That paddle in takes probably how long? Like half an hour on its own, I think. I uh, like prone. I'd say so. Stop it's a bit quicker because you like you. Yeah, yeah. You got you you continuously moving, but it's um, yeah. It's it's not a short paddle. Like it's 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 two and a half kilometers. I measured or two to two and a half kilometers. Which for us spoilers, it's like a fifth of the race or something crazy. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's a long time because you guys are so quick when there's wind behind you, and then as soon as it's the opposite, yeah, it's um, I, I I'm hoping I wanted to do Molokai and the SUP just to sort of back up, but because it's now a couple going to be at least a couple of years before they run it again, I, I'm really keen to foil it. I think um, that's where the race is now because there's less guys supping it and and more guys foiling it, so. It'd be a cool. Exp I personally, I wish they did separate days. You know, they did like sup on one day and foil. You know, maybe a maybe a week later would be nice. Yeah. But, Are you going to be? Um, I think they're having the race in the gorge again. Uh, in August. Are you going to be going to that one or? I it's Australia's like freaking lockdown. Like when I'm actually in currently in a lockdown. We're not even allowed to go visit family or friends. Like only allowed to exercise oh, wow. another person. So it's, right. We're still in a pandemic. <laughs> We're not allowed to travel. I'm not even allowed to leave Sydney at the moment. Well, well, that's that's good. <laughs> not not for racing, but uh, for Australia, that's good. Yeah, it's um, 
it's it's about information, but hopefully we get it under control and the vaccine rollout goes ahead and everything opens up because it looks like over, uh, you know, the US looks like it's pretty much open. You guys are traveling wherever and... Yeah, maybe a bit too open with uh, some areas, but I think a lot of, we're very lucky in the US that they've uh, gotten a lot of vaccinations uh, in for most people. So it's a lot of stuff uh, is opening up. Yeah. Yeah, different. Let's get back to downwind foiling because we can't solve the yeah. politics and, and pandemics. <laughs> um, you, you spoke about like you spend a lot of time training and working on your sort of pumping technique between swells and wind chops and defining the two. I want to back up a little bit and what sort of tips do you have for crew that want to learn to downwind foil and are struggling to paddle up onto the foil because you're, look, you're a freak. I've I've tried one of your boards and it's tiny. You're obviously a bit lighter than me, but like the, the way you paddle up is really impressive. And um, I'm sure you've got some sort of insight for everyone looking to do it. Yeah, it's definitely like for a lot of uh, us, especially having been stand-up paddlers before is extremely helpful. Mm. Um, especially like stand-up paddle surfers where we ride those tiny little sinky boards. Uh, and have to like paddle in the wave. It's kind of the same motion as that. Yeah. Um, but going straight to sub, I think as long as you're able to get a board that is big enough uh, to to support you, I guess is is pretty important um, for beginners. And then something that is efficient enough to like get moving forward, because most foils they're only going to get up at a certain minimum speed. So as long as you can just really like focus on moving the board forward before you focus on trying to pump up um that's that's super important uh when it yeah when it comes to like flat water or downwind just to be able to get up right away yeah, uh a really good tip a lot of people they try to get lift too early and then they basically stall the board and they fall backwards so if you think about your board you want to kind of be you know sort of pumping it and getting the speed forwards before you even ever think about lift off absolutely you want to keep it like really low and like 10 or even 20 strokes even just uh stay focused on going straight uh keep it close to the water and then once you're up to that minimum speed then start uh getting getting the foil involved as well i guess you get it involved like straight from the start like you can feel it but um really focusing on yeah getting up at that point yeah yeah that's for sure and then i guess for me what i think about once i have the speed i think about almost you know you start to lean back a little bit more and I, for me, I guess I'm probably on a bigger board than you, but I shift my foot back over the mast to get that and that like that final lift off. So once I totally. have speed, you can feel that you can feel the board starting to lift, and then I shift the like and like, okay, I'm starting to get there, and then you just shift your foot back. A little, it's only a tiny bit, just like shuffling it across, and that little shuffle back allows you to get that like enough. It's like a lift off just to, to clear the water, and then you once you're up, it's happy days, but it's um speed for sure is the most important thing and then that little shuffle back for um yeah having um having the right balance of your weight uh, is is super critical in, in downward foiling and being able to to move your feet around is extremely helpful hmm. a lot of people they ride with foot straps i think because they enjoy the way like when they pump with their front foot it keeps them locked in which i definitely understand um but it does make it more challenging to adjust your weight easily, uh, which, so yeah, I definitely like, 
it's tough because if some people have been using straps and they like them, then it can be better for them. Um, but yeah, it, it's super important to be able to just move your feet pretty much all the time uh, and make slight adjustments and uh, to really make sure you're being as efficient as you can be. Uh, so you're not like, yeah, wasting any any energy uh, with your weight too far forward or too far back or anything like that. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, a lot of people tend to like the foot straps. And, and like you said, I'm probably more on, like, I, I agree with you in that I don't like the foot strap because it locks me into one spot where I like to move my feet around a lot. Like if I need to get my weight. If you're super dialed on your setup and you know the exact balance points and everything, it can be good. But if you're if you're trying to figure something out and learn something, it can it can be very uh, beneficial to be able to move around and make those slight adjustments. Yeah, it's almost like you need the um, you almost personally I feel like you, you need to understand where to put the foot strap initially because yeah. You can't just put a foot strap in the spot and expect it to be the the right spot from the get go. So like, definitely. I guess for people that want to use foot straps, I definitely recommend starting without and make a mental note of where your front foot is most of the time, and then put the foot strap there. Don't just whack it on anywhere because you're going to find that your balance is probably out. Unless you get lucky, sometimes people get lucky and they just plonk it in one spot and they they nail it. But it's um, I'd say it's rare. If, if we've gotten up. We're going to think about speed first and then lift. After we've done that, we're then basically we've got a link bump. So, so Jeffrey, do you want to tell us a little bit about technique? I know you've dialed it because you know you're the quickest across Molokai from Molokai to Oahu, the KV channel. So, what's the trick to linking bumps and um, what's your advice? It's super important, especially on a foil, to like look ahead uh, when you're on a bump because if you're at the top of one and going forward, you're going to be going fast. But if you run into the back of the one in front of you, uh, you're going to slow right down. So it's, it depends on the, the size foil you're riding, like the maximum uh, speed and acceleration it has. Uh, some like bigger foils, they'll be easier to get up on. And then you'll probably be looking more at the bumps to either side of you, either left or right. Um, and then other faster ones, you can like look diagonally in front to the side or, or, or like right or left or even sometimes straight over uh, one in front of you. Um, but it's, yeah, it's basically like, you're always just looking around and kind of calculating like which way is going to be the easiest or fastest bump to like get back to the top of another one. And then repeating that thought process, uh, hundreds of times, I guess, uh, as you go. Um, but yeah, the best, the best days are when you can basically just like line it up straight and every single time you go down the next one, you end up at the top of a new bump. Um, that's pretty much the goal. And I think with, with some big foils, it can be like easier to get up on, but then once you're actually up riding, they can make it more difficult to actually carry your momentum from bump to bump because there's a lot more drag on them. Um, so it's definitely finding the right balance of speed versus uh, ability to start easily on it for, for a lot of people is uh, yeah, yeah, sure. definitely important. That's a really good point, Jeffrey. Um, the, the faster foils, you're looking sort of more forward and kind of, you know, out like this. And then the bigger foils, you really have to like, you really have to weave sideways because you're not going as fast as some of those swells and, and you've got to almost ignore the, the sort of ground swells that are running by you and really narrow your focus in on the wind chops. And for, for what I did anyway, when I first learned, I was like, and, and you, you as well, I'm sure, when we first started, we we're basically just using the wind chops like we were on the stand-ups. Like we we're just basically 
you know, tiptoeing on the, on, like just on the groundswell and you have to pull off and get onto a wind shop and then tap onto a groundswell and then pull off onto a windswell. Now the gear's gotten even better and, and literally you can sit on a groundswell for like sometimes a kilometre. Like I, I've personally, I've had my fastest kilometre. I've literally was just on this one swell and just moving the whole way. And I'm sure, you know, I'm talking to the, the quickest guy in a foil. You know, I'm sure Molokai Tuahe, you were probably just standing there a couple of times and thinking, it's not so bad, you know, Molokai Tuahe, just sitting on, a, sitting on this massive swell on your foil and just sort of gliding. Um, so, yeah, that's good advice from Jeffrey Center and listening. Bigger foils, easier to get up, but you have to change the way you think about foiling. You're not going to be going straight with the swells. Bigger angle. It's definitely, like, important to match the, uh, the conditions or the location you're in as well because, like, in Hood River where you're going up current, um, the bumps are much slower. So big foils are actually a lot better. Like, um, they're a much better match for the pace of the bumps there. Um, especially for most people, like I'll ride a small one and I'll, I'll just be grinding like the whole time, just trying to get through. Um, it's not like here where you can get one of those big ocean swells and then your foiling matches it really well. Um, and yeah, I think especially, yeah, especially with the, the big ones, like looking side to side is, uh, I don't know what I was trying to say there. I think, yeah, just the bigger foils, like you're saying in like, so I, when I do a bay downwind up, it's, it's basically like hood river. It's like, it's slower and it's more lined up and basically yep. those slower bumps. They're not moving as fast, obviously, because they're slower. So you need to use, there's no point using this super fast um, foil in that stuff. Cause as you said, you just have to pump the whole way through. So it's not, fun. Yeah. you're literally, yeah. you're doing, it, it's like, it's like going for a flat water paddle pump because you're literally paddling and you're pumping the whole way down the run. There's, you don't get any assistance from those slower bumps in the ocean or, you know, if you, or if you use a, small, a slower foil that is better suited to the bumps, you can literally tap into that little bit of energy because the bumps are going faster than your foil. If your foil is going faster than the bumps, you may as well be in flat water. Right. And the thing I was trying trying to remember was uh on for Molokai especially like the bumps are massive and they're they really fold over each other but it's still like you have to be thinking so much because it's so easy to just get an insane amount of speed from one bump and ride it out but then you'll run into the back of another one um right away so you it's like the entire time you have to be really focused on not uh running into the back of bumps and really making sure you're on the best line to uh to have like the right amount of energy and uh it's kind of a balance between energy and uh speed uh for a lot of downwind runs like there's you can see bumps that you think like oh if i use this much energy i'll be able to get onto this one mm -hmm. but sometimes like it's not worth that effort where you could like line up onto the one next to you and then use that one to slingshot past the next one i guess uh so it's definitely like calculating which which bumps are worth making the effort for uh for that like if they're going to put you far enough uh, ahead on the next one, or you think I could give my all to this bump in front of me, but I'm just going to be just on the back of it and not going to get in front of it. Um, yeah. So it's better if I turn to this one and then use the speed from that to, uh, to get to the next one. Yeah. So it's that, a lot of, a lot of thinking like that. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, it's like risk reward, isn't it? If, if I, I, I could, you know, I could pump up and over the back of this bump, but yeah. is, is it going to be better if I just wait and sort of wait for like either an opening or, 
or if I just sort of use the speed of this to sort of slingshot myself down, up and over. So it's, yeah, that's good, good tips. And I, I, yeah, nice one, Jeffrey. I, I like that. Um, let's... It, yeah, there's been, there's been plenty where I've tried to like, you, you think you got it and you like try to give it your everything and maybe you didn't like line up the bump you were on very well. Like maybe you started on the bottom instead of at the top and you just grind and you get the paddle involved, but you still like, just miss the one in front of you or even like just make it but then you're so uh gassed on energy that you can't like keep doing that over and over again um so yeah it's definitely important to uh to make the right decisions it's heartbreaking when that happens when you go for it and you're pumped yeah. and you get up and over and it's like oh i'm not gonna make it i have to concede you like basically turn back with your towel between your legs and you go down on the one you're on basically you've made no ground and you've used all this effort and, and okay that's actually yeah Let's, let's talk about, so when you're using this effort to get up and over paddling and pumping, you, you mentioned, um, what are you focusing on? Like technique wise, are you thinking about like talk us through your pump and, and, and when you'd engage the paddle? Um, yeah. It's tough. Cause like in practice, using the paddle seems to always be faster, but you definitely use a lot of energy when you, when you get involved. Um, so it's definitely like when you, when you feel like you're starting to get stuck and you really just need to keep the momentum going, uh, you can kind of tell when your foil is about to drop out or yeah, you're about to lose the speed. Um, so that's definitely the time to get involved. I think for a lot of beginners, it's like if you end up in a bit of a slow spot, but you you see the path to the top of the next bump or something, then then you get it involved and uh, just kind of like sometimes it can it can help save some of your leg energy if you're like really uh, thinking about it and using it to get to the top of the next one but uh yeah it's it's helpful when you need it i guess it's kind of only when you've made a mistake or you're going or you're really pushing to get up and over one isn't it because if you basically i'll chat to dave a week about a week ago and he was saying you know dave does the the paddle over the shoulder yeah you know does the the sword in the back you know i don't need that anymore you know he's up he just uses the paddle to get going and one thing he said was that because he isn't using his paddle anymore, he finds he's become more fine-tuned about where to put the foil. So what, what I took from that and what I, it sort of makes sense with me too is the paddle is good to get you out of the mistake. But if you can avoid making the mistake, it's going to be even better. So, you know, obviously you're pushing it really hard. You're trying to go as fast as you can down a run. You're making these <clears throat> decisions where you're like, well, I might not make it over this one, but if I do, I'm going to be quicker. So I'm going to go for it. And, some, and, you know, maybe half of those or, you know, one in 10, you don't quite get it right. And you've got to paddle and you just, you paddle yourself out of trouble. What right. Dave's doing is he's, he's like, well, if it's a 50-50, I'm going to leave that and I'm just going to stay on this bump. And then when it opens up, then I'm going to go. So it's, um, the, the paddle's a great thing because one, it can get you up and two, it can get you out of those sticky situations. But you don't want to rely on it too much is what Dave was saying. And it sounds like you're using the paddle only to get yourself out of those bad decisions that have been made for the most part yeah i think for for anyone out there like doing downwind runs uh if you really focus on trying to use the paddle as little as possible um it'll it'll help you a lot in in practicing the uh just the right way to or the best way to put the foil in the in the right spots on the on the bumps mm. um yeah it's super helpful uh and then you'll you'll start to get better at it and you'll feel like you don't even need the paddle anymore uh, and you can do what Dave does. With the... Yeah. Yeah. Smash it up. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally just got a, I just 
popped a tire on my bike. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to use this this inner tube to to do the Dave Kalama paddle on the back. So we haven't. Had it's any- really like it's really nice when your hands are free. Actually, you can you can kind of swing them and use them to pump, and that's a big part of why surf foil down winters are so fun. Like you feel so light up in the air. Um, you can go really fast still, uh, and you don't, yeah, you don't feel like you have anything like weighing you down on them. But uh, so it's definitely like it's really fun if you can just let go with the paddle and uh, yeah, just just ride. Yeah, well, that's you know, let's go into the prone down windows because I was just chatting to Kahi yesterday, and you know he's done you know like a ridiculous out to sea prone downwind foil and super high risk, but the reward is kind of because it is so risky. It's it's pretty it's it's a pretty cool feeling. Um, Jack and Matteo came over from Wahoo and, and you said you did a couple of downwind prone foils with them from Hookeeper to Sugar Cove and, and talk us through it. Um, did you come unstuck or was it a success? When we first started doing them a while ago, I think we luckily made our first one, but eventually if you keep on doing them, you're going to fall at some point. That's just kind of whether I don't know, you like hit a turtle or something, or more likely you'll, you'll make some sort of mistake. Um, and I think that's why we do them from Hokipa to uh, Sugar Cove, where we go, is because there's like outer reefs the whole way along. So if you fall maybe 20 minutes most, you can paddle to the next reef down and catch a wave um, to try and get back up. If, if it's flat, it's really uh, sketchy. Yeah. Uh, but I, and especially if you do it uh, yeah, on, on lines where you don't have waves um, in, in the path, it can it can be really bad if you fall you have to paddle a long long ways but once you're up it's it's awesome like the the board's so small and maneuverable and uh it feels like yeah you're just riding waves the whole way down uh mm-hmm. like like surf foiling are you using a smaller foil when you when you're prone or are you using the same setup it's usually you'd probably use the same just because smaller foils can be less reliable yeah. uh for staying up so you you want that reliability for sure um so yeah usually you'd ride the same same thing as you use for stand up downwind yeah uh, I, don't, I don't know you're on your stand up is probably similar to my prone board um what what you let us go to that what 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 dimensions like what what board are you using at the moment like what, what's your go-to what are your leaders length width for for stand up downwind yeah for some, and then go prone as well I use, I think it's five, four, uh-huh. and sixty-five liters, something, yeah. something around that. Um, yeah, that's what I use for stand-up downwind. Yeah, uh, and then for surf foiling, it's four, six around there, and about uh, just over twenty liters, twenty to twenty-five. Uh-huh. I think are the different sizes, and I I use the same one for surf foiling as I do for winging, uh, for the most part. Basically for that, you just want, I mean, for all this stuff, you just want something that can get you up. And then, uh, yeah, once you're up, you're, you're good. Yeah. So, and so you say 65 liters for a stand up to me, obviously I would never be able to do that because I'm, I'm 82 kilos. What do you weigh? And then well, we'll do the, we can translate, we can translate it pound to kilos. Yeah. I don't know in kilos, but I'm like 155 pounds. Okay. 150 pounds. I'm going to type it in. It is, yeah. So sixty-eight kilos. So you're. So the general rule is you want to go at the most. 
a couple liters below your body weight. So I'm 82 kilos and I'm riding a 78 liter sup. You're 68 kilos and using a 65 liter sup. So basically the ratio is the same, but um, yeah, that's interesting. So I always thought I was on this big board. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good, uh, that's a good measurement kind of thing. I think, yeah, for most people beginning, you could probably ride something uh, similar to uh, like, Mine for me is a bit stinky. Uh, if you're starting out, you probably want something a bit uh, more uh, a bit more flotation. Yeah, yeah. Mine, point. If, if I'm not paddling, I'm kind of like you're slowly sinking. You know, it's like okay, keep moving, keep moving. Um, <laughs> actually, what what width? Do you know what width you're using? Because that's something that I found makes a really big difference. Um, I'm pretty sure you hold it under your arm, so it's it's not too wide. But um, it's it's definitely challenging to hold under your arm, especially like the stand up ones because of the thickness mostly. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's like 22. I it's been a while since I made the last one I'm, I'm riding, um, but that sounds about right. I think a lot of guys like like Dave and um, a lot of other people here are riding narrower boards to get that like forward speed, yes. uh, that initial yeah that initial acceleration. Um, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's just balance mm. is an issue. Yeah, that's it. And so, like, yeah, on, on if you, we both sort of come from race board, sup race board backgrounds, and there's no question that a narrower board is uh, that's the best way to make a board faster is make it narrower. But narrower means it's harder to stand on. For sup, it means you're more likely to fall off. For foiling, not so much. As long as you can get going. The narrow board makes zero difference because you're really just using the foil. So there has been a shift, it seems, to narrower boards for downwind subfoiling, which makes total sense because you know paddling out, yeah, it's going to suck. But it only takes, I don't know, Jeremy three strokes. Most people ten to twenty strokes to to get up onto the foil. So it's as long as you can balance for that long, you're going to be okay. Um, to start with, I definitely recommend going a little bit wider, sort of around that 25, 26, just because you're not guaranteed to get up. And if you're paddling down the coast, there's nothing worse than, you know, not being able to stand on a board. And like Jeffrey said, you don't want to go exact kilos to litres. You probably want to go a little bit more litres than you weigh so you have a bit better balance. Um, yeah, and if, if you've never stand-up paddled before, it's, it might be worth like practicing on a stand-up paddle board and just going around uh, for it because it, it's certainly very challenging on its own. Mm. Um, and then the foil actually surprisingly adds quite a bit of, it's like, it's stability, but it's weird stability where yeah. you have to get used to the way it moves through the water. Mm. Um, but it definitely like stabilizes you a, a bit from side to side just because it's like a massive uh, dagger board in the water. Yeah. Um, sure you don't want to rely on it too much it's not it's still not that stable yeah it does help but yeah it's still if you're running a 20 inch wide board it's still 20 inches you know you still have to be able to stand on the thing yeah yeah don't, don't bite off more than you can chew um i'm gonna shift gears a little bit and like obviously the prone downwinding epic um the sup downwinding um oh, that's that's my passion i think that's that's where the sport's going to go for the racing the, the prone to me is a little bit risky, but the wing foiling is something that's really taken off. And I think when I was over in Maui last, it was, there was just um, Tituan and Clement riding at Who Keeper. And that was just about it. This is 2019. Um, and, and I'm not even sure you guys had started, but you're ripping on the wing now. Um, and I'm 
super stoked watching. So, so tell us about what it is you're doing most time. Like, start with let's talk about wing downwinders. And you said you're getting ready for Paddle Amua. So, what what are you looking at? Like, are you free winging downwind? Are you are you sailing with the wing? Talk us through it. Yeah, we definitely started uh, before those guys. I think I can't remember exactly what year it was. Maybe three or four years ago. I you might it's hard to remember all these yeah. all these dates. But Tony Tony Lagos, who uh, the slingshot designer, he had made a wing uh, in 2011 that he was riding on like a surfboard. So when uh, Ken Winter brought it back, uh, like many years later, or probably four years ago, three or four, something like that. Um, on the foil, he he had that thing already ready to go, so he sent it over, um, and we tried it foiling first, uh, just downwind. And I remember I went out with Casper uh, Steinfath on from Kuau again on a super light day, and he was on his stand-up foil, and I was with the wing, and we just took it out. And we were like, okay, we're just gonna go figure this thing out, and. I remember the wind kind of just died. Uh, we got stuck there. We tried to paddle up and then Casper snapped his paddle in half. Um, so, so we ended up paddling like a few miles down into Baldwin Beach and it was kind of a disaster. Uh, but yeah, after that, we figured it out. Uh, wings got a lot better pretty fast. Um, the development from, from everyone just went really fast and pretty much every company uh, jumped on it, which makes a lot of sense because like from the start, you could tell it was a really uh, like, well, what's the way to put this? It's, it's a sport that works very well, I guess. And it's, it makes a lot of sense because it's really easy uh, to set up like the wing as opposed to a kite with all the lines in it or a windsurfer with uh, the boom and the mast and all that. Um, and yeah, it just ever since like we had all the experience from surf foiling and downwind foiling, um, which made kind of doing all those things on the wing uh, a lot easier to get into sure. uh, and as opposed to like just learning to foil as we were winging um so i think the progression with the wing just went insanely fast because it started with a bunch of people that already knew how to foil and were already very uh high level foilers um we're all just yeah like with especially with uh, the internet and stuff just sharing uh new tricks you do and you've seen other people do stuff like uh like uh balls in europe he's insane he's a freestyle windsurfer um, and he's, he's very talented in that already. So he brought a ton of, uh, that skill into wing surfing. Um, so yeah, it's just progressed extremely fast for how new of a sport it is. It's only been a few years and we're already yeah, doing flips and massive jumps and surfing and downwinding and everything. Yeah. I'm just going to share. Um, so here's Jeffrey's Instagram. Which one should I share? I, I want to, this is why uh, the second to last one I posted is a really good video. Okay. Yeah. I want, to, I want to share that other one. It's more sort of free wing. Yeah, the surf one as well. As well. But this is this is what Jeffrey's doing, everyone. He's pushing the, the limits, basically. So that's a forward on a wing with a foil. Um, and then I'm pretty sure this is a back. <laughs> yeah, the past the past few weeks I've been really uh working on cleaning up the forwards. When I when I first tried it, like I didn't I had no idea if they'd be actually like possible to land at all. Well, like let alone that uh, smooth. Um, mm. Same with the backflip too. Like I'm, I'm just really happy those tricks work so well and you're able to land them so smoothly. Um, 
it, it, actually, that I'm just processing what you're doing here. Like I understand why you're saying the front is harder because the back, you literally, you're going back and you're rotating continually the same direction. Whereas the front, you're going the other way and you're sort of landing flat and the foils, it wants to go the other way. Whereas the back, you land the foils continuing to go forward. So that's a good little Yeah, in terms, of, in terms of landing, like the, the backflip is actually, it's one of the easiest, or not easiest, it's one of the smoothest jumps to land. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because the board's rotating in a way that moves the momentum forward as you come through like landing on the water. And the forward is just the exact opposite of that. Like the board's moving in the opposite direction you want to go. So you have to stop your rotation and then start moving the other way um, yeah. to come out of it. So you have to be, you have to be very precise with that one, uh, for sure. <laughs> and also, if you over-rotate forward, you're like face planning. Whereas if you over-rotate backwards, you're landing on your back, which is, again, yeah, it's a good, good insight because like, I haven't even... I'm scared to do this stuff, to be honest. And a lot of people have commented that they like your new helmet because <laughs> you've been using, you're using a bike helmet for a while there, which is epic. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I had that one and it, it worked. Um, I tried to find some water helmets, but none of the other ones fit me. Mm -hmm. um, this one's a, a prototype for a ride engine, I think. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll be making them eventually, which is awesome. Yeah, and good on you for testing them. Um, have you ever had the foil actually hit you in the head doing these tricks? Like, have you gotten tangled up? Yeah, I, I that's kind of the big thing is like, uh, you kind of think like you're doing a water sport, why would you need a helmet? But if it's for the board and the foil, um, especially I've, I was surf foiling once and trying backflips uh, straight on the wave. Um, and I landed, but the board fell off my feet and then the wave pushed it into my face. And I was wearing a helmet luckily, but it like cut my lip open and my eyebrow and i think i don't know i'm very lucky it didn't go into my eye but it definitely like stopped on the foil as well so it could have hit me a lot harder yeah if i if i didn't have that bike tumbled on um yeah so they're good yeah if you're gonna do tricks guys <laughs> listen to jeffrey use a helmet for uh for the forward actually as well i i got this hockey helmet with a full face like plexiglass uh face guard on it just because yeah. my you're talking about how they're they're kind of scary to try and it, absolutely like the back flip super scary the front flip is even more scary my first ones were like very bad i like landed straight upside down yeah um i think those ones for windsurfers can be easier because it's it's similar to a forward loop but i don't know like the back flip's super unique from anything else um and I don't know. It's really easy to just make mistakes and fall weird on those things and, oh, yeah. and pop wings. And... Yeah. How many, how many wings have you broken? Like have or popped or put a hole in or. It's funny, like doing like learning the backflip. I didn't break any um, afterwards trying. I think I probably broke one doing a, like trying backflips and then another one trying surf boiling backflips. I ripped one open. Um, and then forwards, uh, luckily I didn't break any. Um, I, Luckily, I don't know. I think it'd be easy to do it. Uh, I think with, with backflips, especially, as long as you're getting the foil to the other side of the wing and landing on your stomach, um, once you get to that point, it's, it's really good. It's, it's a lot harder to break the wing. Yeah. Um, and I, just doing other stuff, I've broken a lot. I think sometimes you get tangled up in a wave or... Uh, but, you know, surprisingly, probably like five to ten total 
which is solid, but it's not, it's not a ton. Done. Yeah, considering how many and like how often you like you've obviously tried it a lot. And you, you've you put some serious time in, and yeah, five to ten is not bad. <laughs> I was expecting yeah. more, so yeah. So that's yeah. Um, I want to also this is this is something I'm when I saw it, I, I was really um stoked on um this one. So this is like a free wing. You basically. This is this is what I love doing when I wing. I love free winging, like Jeffrey is here. And then th this jump here is ridiculous. Like, talk us through that, mate. We were talking about it before, but I, I love that. Yeah, um, riding in the waves with wing is really fun because it's kind of like you just get a, an assisted ride back out every time, um, and you can just do laps on a wave. Uh, kind of like being towed in uh, while foiling, which, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, I try to do a bunch of different stuff like this, like straight airs, grabs, uh, backside spins. Um, but this one, like when you're going into the wind in a certain way, like this one's directly into the wind going left, it's really hard to project yourself off the very uh, top section of the wave without flying off the back or anything like that. So you have to be really uh, careful when you're going up and lining these things up to not fall. Or like when you're in the section, sometimes just keeping the foil like, in the water is pretty challenging if it gets hollow um stuff like that but i i was trying a bunch of these and this one lined up extremely well um and had a nice landing section as well which uh, was awesome <laughs> yeah yeah and what i love about this is it's pretty much it's it's just surf foiling essentially and you're just holding like you're not getting any height from holding the wing if anything it's almost holding you back but it, it isn't um like you said that those airs are hard and and, and i've I think my, my last post, I just like sort of launched, and I just launched way off the back of the wave, and everyone was stoked because I got high. But I was never going to land back on the wave. Like it's kind of just, it's just a, you know, it's just for the photo. This is functional. You're you're actually you're doing a turn that is an air, and you're landing back on the wave, and, and you're continuing to ride the wave, which that's what I think is so cool about it. Because, um, yeah, anyway, I'm frothing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, thanks. It's it's really fun uh, doing this stuff. I think, yeah, it's just like the ability to just catch lots of waves with it and uh, do it over and over makes it makes it really fun. And yeah, that one especially was like, you can do you can do jumps like just with the foil. Um, it can give you a lot of air on your own, kind of uh, just any time you can be in flat water and do one. Yeah, uh, but yeah, going off the section is is definitely something i was focusing on when when trying a bunch of those yeah let's um let's go back to sort of downwind foiling and, and how you use the wing to downwind foil and, and for me in my head the way i sort of define it is there's free winging which is kind of more like sup downwind foiling but with a wing that kind of holds you back and then there's i call it power dinging so it's like you're using yeah. sail to sort of propel yourself so using a, a big sail a really small foil and you're going as fast as you can. And it's kind of a cross between sailing and downwinding. Um, and I assume that's what you're doing for Paddlemoor this weekend or coming up. Yeah, for, for races, it's it's much faster to be powered up when you're going downwind. And it's kind of like if you've seen sailboats going downwind or watched anything like the America's Cup, they, they don't go straight downwind. They kind of crisscross back and forth because to get the air flowing over the sail, you have to be moving in one direction. Um, either side to side uh so that's 
what we've been doing a lot, but uh, tons of people do uh, wing down winners where they'll get up with the wing and then just hold it in their hand, let it drift and ride the bumps, um, which is awesome because they don't, like, especially for people that don't uh, stand a paddle or do something like that, it can be a much more uh, reliable and effective way to just get up and then get on the bumps and- It's really accessible. Yeah. Where you're going. yeah. Yeah, it's the gateway drug to downwind, like what I call like pure downwind, which is you know with a paddle or just just proning. Um, for me, the free wing is super good, but the angles you have to take are sort of you always have to be going across to keep the wing out of your face. Whereas, right, um, it's still epic. And I guess maybe do you want to describe that, like the the free winging and the angles you got to take, and and then why it's faster, power dinging, and what what equipment you're using for each. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you're going down winds, like it's really easy to catch up to the wing um, and just, yeah, get in front of it, which is uh, annoying. <laughs> yeah. If it like, it'll blow over your pet or around you or anything like that. Um, but yeah, for for racing, um, we've been using the, the dart uh, slingshot wing, which goes downwind really fast. It, uh, it has a nice big leading edge too, and it's it's super stiff, so it just keeps its shape really well. Um, so for water starting, it's it's easy. It's got like a tight outline, and um, yeah, for downwinding, like you can just put it kind of you put it like downwind of you in the zone, but it's still like angled like you were going on a reach, I guess. And yeah, then it's kind of just about trimming, like keeping not going too far downwind because you'll lose kind of the power in the sail, but you want to keep your speed up. So you, uh, yeah, kind of find the balance between uh, pulling up and uh, aiming down, I guess, yeah. for it. What, what, what size wing are you, are you using most of the time for like your freestyle stuff and then versus the downwind stuff? Are you same or bigger when you're downwind? Bigger downwinds. Um, I use, a, if I'm doing like just straight airs, jumping or, or riding in the waves, I'll ride a four. Mm -hmm. um, if it's super windy, uh, I'll ride a three five, and then I use the three five for like front flips and, and back flips as well. And then, yeah, downwind I'll ride a four or a four five, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I okay, guess so that's not as big a range as as I thought. Some of the guys that are power dinging here, um, shout out to Guy Doggy Dog, up in the Gold Coast. He he uses a seven, <laughs> a seven meter wing, wow. and he's using like the smallest foil he can get his hands on. Um, yeah different wind speeds obviously Maui is like the windiest place on earth and if you're doing thinking about doing a downwinder you're probably not going if it's like 15 knots like like we do um so four or five you're going to be maxed out if you're using a seven i think you'd be like ridiculously maxed out um maybe you'd be quicker maybe that's something to think about um and then what, what size foil are you using for like your flips and i'm really bad with size foils because go foil don't tell you the area but maybe you can say the area or the span and everyone else can understand yeah slingshot uh at the moment is is using span to measure the ones as well i think they're they're going to be adding area to to make it easy to understand for a lot of people but mm -hmm. i'm writing for for surfing or most of the things it's called the 733 phantasm or maybe just 730 um it's it's a high aspect one but it's pretty small it's probably better for a lot of kiters i don't think i probably like for most people winging, um, it'd definitely be too small for them. Um, yeah, I'm going to share your Instagram profile because you can see, I don't know, when you're upside yeah. down, there's flips. Like this is the foil you use. I can zoom in, I think. So that's, is that it? 
the seven yeah that's the one yeah and it's great it's really fast and uh pops really well for jumps um and i think there's one in the line called the phantasm 926 that is kind of just a bigger version of it and that wing for for like good wingers uh i guess it's the surface area is probably more like 1200 on it whereas that other one is maybe like 800 so it's it's quite a bit bigger it gets up super efficiently but it it feels uh very it flows very well through the water i guess is what i'm trying to say but it's got a great low end and a great top end and so for for like stuff like downwinding or uh just any uh people like looking to wing it uh it works super well yeah yeah i look it looks like it's working well that <laughs> yeah that one that i actually use that one for like dock boiling and stuff too it it uh it's yeah. just a really fun wing i don't know you you know when you find like that one bigger size yeah. wing that just it it doesn't feel like you have to work too hard to make it to make it go and it Especially when like, you sort of dial yourself in and you, you know that foil so well, you don't want to change. Even if the conditions doesn't look quite right, but because you know the foil so well, you can make it work in those conditions and it's yeah, your rhythm and your flow so any, how it runs through the water. Anytime it's lighter, I'll, I'll ride that 926. Um, but most of the time I'm on that 736. And then for downwinding, I'll ride like smaller ones, like, like high foils, but the 736 as well. And then just to um, clarify, that's downwind winging. Sorry, downwind yeah. with the wing. Yeah, yeah. because if I don't you're... want people to think that you're using the tiny foil to paddle up. No, I think for for normal downwinding, the the nine twenty six is is a is a really really good one actually. Mm -hmm. One of yeah, one of the best ones out there for yeah. sure. So you'd be and is that what you used for Molokai or are you allowed to help? Are you allowed to? Tell? I use something. It's a little different shape, but very like similar um, profile and everything like that um so yeah super similar wing yeah and that's uh, 926 926 yeah Fantasm. yeah it uh it just it the way it pumps is very very efficient and uh very fast um and like it's not the kind where it's really hard to use i guess like some of them are like i've, I've tried really thin pass big ones where they're so hard to balance on and everything like that but yeah and for those it's just fun those higher aspect ones, if you're not putting the foil where you want to put it, even if it's faster, it doesn't matter because if you can't turn it the way you want to turn, you're going into the wrong spots and all of a sudden you've got to, you know, control and being able to maneuver is so important. And so like you said, uh, even a quicker foil isn't quicker because you're not putting it where you want to put it. Right. And I think for most people too, it's, it's, it's much more important to have a foil that turns well, while still keeping uh, some of the aspects of like a, dedicated race foil um because yeah like those the ones a lot of people use for downwing they're super flat uh super straight but uh and they turn like this really well but if you rock them side to side it's really hard to just get the weight back on the rail for them yeah, yeah. uh so they're definitely not as uh fun for most people uh so yeah, i'd recommend something with a bit of turnability <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned that for Hood River, you're using something a little bit bigger to, to match the speed of the... So we're getting back in a sort of sup downwinding now. Um, yeah. When, when I mean, even, even for winging, it's the same thing. Like, you'll if the wind's a bit lighter, you can use a bit bigger wing, uh, yeah. or bigger foil, sorry, and yeah. bigger wing. Yeah, it's uh, tricky, isn't it? Same mode downwind. Yeah. I hate that we're calling it a wing, and we used to call the front foil a wing too, and now it's... We call it a Yeah, foil. they're all... They're all wings. They're all wings. Oh, we've lost you. Um, 
yeah so so what's your like if you're paddling if you're paddle pumping up in the flat water like true flat what what size foil are you using are you using the same i'd thing? ride that i'd ride that 926 um it's it's about 1200 surface area yeah um i don't know it's just it's very efficient uh and you know if i was really trying to get up like easy easy like that video of jeremy i'd ride something bigger um mm -hmm. maybe like 1400 uh similar shape um yeah so like i think for most people downwinding if your weight's i don't know 170 or something or something like 1400 maybe even 1600 if you're just starting but 1400 is probably a good size like what are you riding for uh for downwind i don't know sizes but a lot of the time i'll use uh, you know it's like the nl 190 or the nl 160 if it's windy um or the p18 180 or the pnl 185 um I, I i wish i brought one up they're all in my car i could have shown everyone this is what i'm using um <laughs> But they're a pretty big fan. Um, oh, you, Jeffrey's brought some props. <laughs> no, I uh, I got to plug. plug I gotta plug, it, I plug yourself in. I think I thought you're showing us your foil. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what GoFall sizes are, so it's really hard for me to say. What, but if you look it up, you can kind of see. Um, I always recommend people to use the biggest foil they can find to to start downwind foiling, unless you're in somewhere like you know. Maui, it's insanely windy. It's yeah, stupid windy. When it's that windy, a, a bigger foil, yeah, you're going to get up, but it's going to be harder. Like we spoke about, it's harder to link those bumps because everything's going faster than you. So, but even then, I always say for the first run, use the biggest foil you get your hands on because at least you're going to be able to stay up. At least you're going to get up. Get up exactly. Whereas if you go, going up is the small, most important part. Yeah, if, if you can't get up, it you'll never do it again because it's it's even a you know, a two mile run or like a three or four kilometer run downwind on a six foot sup foil board. That's horrible. There's nothing fun about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, Slingshot has this wing called like the, I guess it's the Infinity 99 on the Hoverglide setup, but the Phantasm, I forget the name, but it's, it's massive. It's like, yeah. it's like the size of a board pretty much. It's yeah. probably like five liters on its own wow. um, <laughs> the thickness uh so for people winging something like that like a, a bunch of uh beginners that i know that that are going and uh like in head river and stuff they they'll just ride massive stuff like that and yeah. they love it because i mean especially on a wing like that that like as long as it trims well when you get up to speed like you know it doesn't overfoil like mm -hmm. some massive wings do um yeah having a having a big one to start can just be awesome like I mean, I'll even ride that on light days, uh, just because it's so easy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And like, just, if yeah, you, big wings are fun. I yeah, guess you, I know, like you don't need to be going fast all the time. Yeah, a lot of the time I'll go out when there's only like five to ten knots of breeze and a little onshore breeze at once, but I'll just paddle out just enough so I can get going, and I'll I'll paddle up onto the foil and I'll just do loops. And you can because the foil's so big, you're actually surfing all this time. You're basically in flat water, but there's tiny little chops. And you're surfing there's a little yeah. bit because the wind isn't that strong you can pump out to sea as well and then you just sort of surf in again and it's it's like a surf foil but there's no one else out and you're just using this massive wing and like you said big wings are fun people have gone a little bit anti-big wing um for some reason downwinding but it's fun just to turn and match the speed and like you mentioned earlier match the pace of the wave with your foil and you're going to have fun yeah, exactly. Um, 
what else? I wanted to speak to you about one other thing. Can't remember what it was. Oh, actually, yeah. Okay, so a little bit more into gear. Mast height and fuse length. So personally, I find, and I don't want to skew. Actually, no, you, you go first. Tell me what you use, and, and I'll say what I use. <laughs> um, I've been riding for Dunwin 90 centimeter mast, um, which works well. I guess the bumps here are really big, so it's nice to have some extra length in the room. But if you're learning, um, shorter masts uh, can work very well. Uh, like even 70, you probably want at least 80. I don't know. I, yeah. Honestly, though, if the bumps are smaller, like any 70 to 100, uh, we'll, uh, this is centimeters, so we'll, yeah. we'll work pretty well. Yeah. Um, winging a lot, I use the 70 centimeter mast. Oh, so you use shorter when you're winging? If I'm doing like flips and stuff or surfing, I'll use a short one. If I'm the 80s, tons of people ride 80s and I like them as well for like just straight airs or or riding around. Uh, yeah. And even like a lot of people who have started to learn and uh, they're just getting like foiling and stuff like that, they'll ride longer masks because they like having that extra extra room, like yeah. extra safety before they, they pop out, Yeah. which makes a lot of sense. And I use pretty short fuselages. I think it's 633 is the length um yeah. i know the standard uh one slingshot it's making is like the 730 i, I hope i'm getting the names right there's a lot of numbers yeah so for um, i use the shorter fuse so, and that's is that because it's faster or just just i enjoy the way it pumps especially with the small wings i usually ride it uh it gives you a bit more um flexibility i guess and responsiveness when you pump yeah. If you use a longer fuselage, it'll it'll be more stable, which can be really good uh, for most people, especially if you're on bigger wings or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's interesting because yeah, I've used I've played around with length of mast and fuse, um, and I found for me the sweet spot for the mast was that thirty-two and a half inch, which is it's like eighty-five centimeters, eighty-two, eighty-five centimeters. I found the 36 and a half, which is like 92, 93 centimeters. Unless the conditions were really strong, I didn't like it as much because I felt heavier and a little bit draggier. Um, yeah. So if it's, you know, a Malika run, I probably would use the, the longer mast, but I find there is, a, there is a length that is too long for downwinding because the drag puts you off a little bit. Um, and then for the fuse length, obviously with GoFall, it's just a pedestal. You can go short pedestal or long pedestal. Um, I prefer the longer pedestal if I'm doing a longer run in messy conditions, just because there's that extra stability. If I'm just doing a shorter run and I just want to sort of turn harder, for sure I like the shorter pedestal, so shorter fuse. But yeah, it did, um, I just I just found because in Sydney we get lots of backwash, the right. short, a shorter fuse would mean I'm more likely to fall off because it's less stable. Yeah. The longer longer fuse, I'd just be less likely to fall off and I didn't notice any difference in speed. So I went longer most of the time. Um, but yeah, it, I always like to hear what other people are using. And then what about tail wings? I don't know. There's, you know, only, you know. So I use this one called the, the 325. It's maybe this big. Uh -huh. It's not, it's, it's pretty small. It's got like wingtips on it. Um, yeah. It's just nice and reliable. They they also have a 420 
uh, which is the width. Um, and it's like a bit wider and curves down a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's something that's important with like matching the stability of the front wing as well. Sure. Like with the with the 926 front wing, which is the bigger one, um, the 420 works well. Uh, like Finn likes that a lot more. Um, but I'll, I'll use the small one for a lot of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, and I think like, you've got to match. And maybe that's true with the fuse length too. If, if the front wing's super stable, you can get away with a shorter fuse. Um, right. There's so many variables with foiling. You know, you say, oh, you know, I use a long mast in this fuse. But if, if you have to be using the same foil to know, understand why that is, I think. So anyway, super interesting to hear what you're using. And um, Yeah, I think if, if, you, if people just have the ability to try different stuff, uh, yeah, go for it and see, see what you like. It's it's a lot of preference with uh, stuff like that, especially if you're doing it for fun. Yeah, for like sure. some some things might not be as efficient, but when you're riding them, you can you can be having a lot more, you can be having a lot more fun on them, uh, which is what's important. Yeah, you, you want to be able to sort of, um, like we said earlier, maneuverability is always going to be better than speed because if if the speed is so high but it's like a dog to turn, you're not going to be able to put it where you want to put it. Um, right. Yeah. So I think we wrap it up. It's been really fun chatting, Jeffrey, and I'm, I'm just, uh, I know you've got things to do and I'm sure it's probably windy over there. You want to get out there. Um, but thanks for taking the time. And um, any, do you want to finish with any tips or shout outs or what do you want to finish with? Hmm. Actually, let me ask you a question. If I'm going to ask for a few tips. So if someone's just getting into downwind foiling, what are three tips you would give them? First time. Start on a board that you are completely comfortable uh, standing on without falling over. Um, that's a big one. And also a foil that is uh, very big to like, especially when you start on a big board, like having a big foil to be able to get it up uh, is important as well. Um, those are two tips. And then, yeah, practice, like, if you're getting getting out and downwind bumps, uh, really focus on getting that forward momentum uh, built up before you uh, start trying to pump up on the wing. It, it's, it happens fast, um, but it's, it's very important just to really focus on grinding forward uh, with the paddle. And mm. as you do that, you'll feel the foil start to engage, and it'll, it'll make sense yeah. uh, when the right time is to get up on it. Yeah, good one. Yeah, great, great tips. Um, one thing we didn't touch on, I'm just thinking of now, um, reading the bumps and how to get up and going. Maybe just a little quick one. Like when you're looking to get going, are you looking for a specific what, feeling? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. You want, you like kind of wait as each one goes by the board, you, you kind of feel it as you're standing there. And you're really looking, I guess it depends on the size of your board and the size of the one you're on, but you want something that stretches out in front of you to give you enough room to to uh really go forward on it but something short and steep uh like steep on the back but not too steep in the front um is good but usually like the bumps are wide enough to fit even even bigger more so and those are still the short and steep ones uh so yeah you just you want to look for something short and steep <laughs> and as like yeah. As you come off the back, the, the water will start to suck up. And as soon as you're feeling like you can start paddling as you're going down the back of the one in front of you. And then as that one comes up, you'll, 
be up to speed and then really focus on like staying with that as you get your forward momentum um, and pop up. Yeah. And then once you're up, sometimes like you end up turning off to the to one on the side or uh, or something like that. But yeah, using using that short, steep section to get up is uh, super useful. Yeah, no, that's 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 kind of it's been consistent with I, I've asked that same question to a few people and similar things. Short and steep is always the key words like they're the two describing words like you want like these little tiny wind chops, not these really big, open, deep ocean swell troughs because those ocean swell ones you're never going to catch. The and it might be ones. it might be different for us in Hawaii because we have a lot of those big wide ones. Um, where where a lot of other people are, there might just be mostly shorter ones. But even then, it's like the reason we say that is because the short ones are the ones that become the steep ones. I guess like the wider ones, they'll just be too flat. You won't really get much push from them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Nah, in no. general that should work <laughs> yeah yeah good tip because i know malik you know jeffrey's lucky enough to to live you know on the doorstep of the malika run so you know conditions our good conditions are, are different good for us is like a bad day on the malika run <laughs> yeah you guys get epic conditions um and then do you want to give a shout out to any sponsors or um you know anyone yeah who- i uh, slingshot i've been working with them on a lot of stuff which is great um and ride engine which is part of slingshot too they're uh with wing accessories and stuff um yeah yeah and um anyway thanks for coming on jeffrey it's been really cool to chat um make sure you say good day to to, you, to henry and finn as well and and all your family and i can't wait to get back over there and do a couple runs with you yeah thanks james it's been great cheers mate um